It's been a good year. There's been some things that maybe weren't so good. I was blessed at the beginning of the year to be able to step out of an Aramark truck in dirty laundry. And on what God wanted me to do. But I'll be honest with you, I thought that things would be a lot more smooth. And they weren't necessarily that way. There was a large part of 2022 that in certain ways I felt disjointed from what God had for the church. And then in May when my mother-in-law was diagnosed with her brain tumor, everything kind of flipped upside down. And from the beginning of May until really, well, Trish is still dealing with it, so really until November, but flying back and forth to Delaware month to month with one of us usually going with them, so it was like a half a household for half a year. And we felt that in the church as well. At least I did. And so there were things that I thought were just going to take off in 2022. And God was just going to unroll the scroll to let me know which way for our church to go in 22. And it didn't happen that way. And there was a lot of inner struggle for me trying to figure out what to preach, which way to go how to lead us into the bigger picture of things. Now, having said that, if you regularly attend our church, but you were not here last New Year's Eve service, would you raise your hand? Wow. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? So in a disjointed year, God worked miracles. What do you think will happen when things aren't disjointed? When there is clarity in your leader? When the, the leader is not trying just to get from point A to point B? I'll be honest with you, there were times this year where I was focused on just getting to the next event and being able to minister to people from event to event without even seeing it. I, we're going to do something for the first time since I've been pastor of this church. You're going to get in your email this week a 12-month calendar with things already written in. Now you have to look at it. We've tried in the past and it just didn't work. We've got two more things that we've got to sprinkle through, and so that's why I said it's going to be this week. So be watching for that. I'll probably send it. It's going to be a PDF file. I'll probably send it and have Taryn send it out because the system that I use, I don't think I can do that. So you'll be watching for it from Taryn this week sometime. But you're going to be able to see it, handle it, because here's what I have come to believe, that I have clarity into 2023. All right. The, the hiccups of 2022, they developed something in me, and I'm thankful for it, 
There is an inner strength, an inner peace, an inner uh, objective within me to lead us and to guide us according to, uh, I, can, I can honestly say tonight, like Paul said it, follow me as I follow Christ. There have been times this year that I questioned that because I've wondered, mm. but tonight I have a sure word for 2023. I've got to make a statement though and that is, it's been asked of me several times in the month of December. Um, uh, we had a drain that was clogged and the gentleman that came to fix it uh, started talking to me and he says, so you're a pastor? I said, yes. He said, well, what kind of a church do you pastor? I said, a crazy one. <laughs> He said, well, I go to an independent, fundamental Baptist church. And so we got to talking. And I shared with him how I don't really like putting an umbrella on us because for too many people, uh, there are terms that have put people in a box. And, and we really can't put our church in a box. But I, I felt the Lord speaking to me this week that I could say this. Here's what I believe that Spirit of Grace Church is, and I'm going to explain what I mean. We are an apostolic Pentecostal church. I believe that with all my heart. Now let me tell you what I mean by that. We're going to read Ephesians chapter 2 here in just a minute. But we are a church that's built on the foundation of the apostles, which makes us apostolic. And we are part of the church that was born in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. So we're Pentecostal. We're apostolic Pentecostals. Now, now that doesn't seem, when you use the word apostolic or Pentecostal, for some of you that have church backgrounds, that immediately drops us into a box sometimes. So I've always been fearful, not fearful, but just like, oh, i got to explain what apostolic Pentecostal means now. Here's what it means is that we're New Testament. We're founded in the word of God. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 19. Before I start to read this scripture, I want to refer you to Philippians 1, 6, where Paul tells the Philippians that he that has begun a good work in you shall carry it or shall complete it under the coming of the Lord. Some of you have to understand tonight that you're not a completed project. We're not complete yet. He's still working in me. He's still forming me and molding me and shaping me. The day that I think that I've arrived is the day that I will fall. Because you'll never arrive until you see him face to face. We're not looking forward to us arriving. We're looking for him to arrive. And so if we understand that he is constantly and uh, irrevocably working on us, working on us and working on us. So don't beat yourself up because you make a mistake. Don't beat yourself up because you don't understand something in scripture. Don't beat yourself up because you don't do everything just right. Just keep let him work on you. So Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 19. Now therefore, 
Now that word therefore is a connecting word from the previous passage of the scripture, which basically says that you and I as Gentiles have a hope in Christ. We're part of the body of Christ. So therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints. That means, I just everybody just think about that for a second and even say it to yourself. I am a saint. A saint is not perfect, but a saint is on the road to perfection. And of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. In whom all the building, that word building is oikdoma. Not just Doma, which means it's talking about both building and people. We are all the building, fitly framed together, groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also building together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Can I tell you what I believe in 2023 that God is calling Spirit of Grace Church into? And if you're a guest tonight, you're more than welcome to join us on the journey. But I believe that God is going to grow us into a holy temple by fitly putting each piece together. I believe that 2023 is going to be a year of immense growth. I'm not just talking about numerical numbers, although that's going to happen. I believe that in the next year that this church is going to more than double. You may look at me strange when I say that, but this church tripled during the pandemic. If we can triple during the pandemic, we can double when God's on our side. But that growth isn't the only growth. There's going to be growth in individuals and in families. You're going to experience divine growth by the hand of God, and you're going to step into a greater measure of relationship with Jesus. You're going to know him like you never knew him before. You're going to, you're going to glow, if you will. And when you go to work, people are going to ask you questions. And you're going to be able to say, I go to an apostolic Pentecostal church. Here's what God has challenged us with. As many of you know, I am an HGTV freak. I can't do half of what I watch, but I enjoy watching it. But here's one thing that I do know, is when Ben and Aaron, Dave and Jenny, Mina, and all the others go into a wrecked out house, the first thing they always check is the foundation. Before they do anything else, before all the pretty stuff happens. I'm not used to people sitting on the platform. I'm nervous up here. Before they do anything that's pretty, they make sure the foundation is right. And so what you're going to hear preached over this pulpit over the next eight weeks or so, January and February, I am going to take us back to what is the foundation of the apostles and prophets. 
you're going to hear preaching about prayer, about repentance, about godly lifestyles, about stewardship, about living in the holy presence of God, about the baptism of water and the baptism of the Spirit. I'm going to be preaching about the foundations that make us who we are. Because until we recognize who we are, we can't grow into a holy temple because the foundation won't hold it. Now, here's the thing. There's some of you that may look at me and say, oh, I've been around the church for a long time. I know the foundations. Well, get ready for a, 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 a recap. Get ready for a refresher course. And join me in prayer because we've got a soul. You saw the hands that were raised that may not know the exact foundational structure upon which Spirit of Grace is built upon. But we're going to step on that this next couple of weeks so that by the end of February, the foundation is set and he can send us a good wall. And he can send us a good tour. And he can put a roof on us. And all the people that are waiting to join the building in the temple of the Lord that God is getting ready to send our way will have a foundation to build upon. See, you didn't even realize it. But for the month of December, I preached on the chief cornerstone. I preached three or four messages. Declaring who Jesus is. If we don't get Jesus down, the house is going to be crooked. If we don't understand who Jesus is, the wall's not going to line up because the, the foundation of the church is built on the prophets and the apostles. But Jesus himself is the chief cornerstone. The word that was made flesh is the thing that lines up the walls of the house, if you will. It lines up the temple. And I'm here to tell you that the Jesus that I serve is God manifest in the flesh. He's the one that came as a baby in Bethlehem. I agree with Mark Lowry when he sings the song and says, Mary, did you know that when you kissed your little baby, you were kissing the face of God? Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I kneel with the Apostle Thomas tonight and say, my Lord and my God, the nail prints in your hands, the nail prints in your feet dictate to me that you're the one I'm going to serve. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. For in Christ dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. There is no mistake. Jesus is the one who loves you and gave himself for you. And when you say Jesus, you send it off. Amen. Amen. Emmanuel. That's his name. God with us. The incarnation. Deity becoming humanity. That's the cornerstone of who we are. Then we're going to build on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Now, I need to let you know what the apostles and the prophets are tonight. And then I'm going to close up this message in just a few minutes. And, and then I'm just going to give you the teaser for the next few weeks. Do you realize it's been a year and a half since I preached our boot camp? Blew my mind when I looked at the camera. A year and a half, remember? From June till September, eight weeks I think it was, we built the wall. That was a year and a half ago. We're building the walls again in January. Here's what the apostles are. 
The apostles are anybody who are sent with direct orders, specifically the 12 and Paul. In other words, let me put it to you this way. I don't dare lift that up because it will fall apart. The Bible is our sole authority. I'm going to say that again. The Bible, I don't look to tradition. I don't look to creeds. I don't look to men's documents. I'm going to explain next Sunday why I believe that the Bible is the pure word of God. You're just going to have to come next Sunday and hear that. But here's what I'm telling you. Our decision making, our goals, our agendas, our desires, our ideas stem from this thing called the Word of God. And the Word of God is where the apostles were able to write for us what God spoke to them. They were sent on a mission and gave us things in the scripture that we're going to share with you that I believe are foundational to the church that Jesus told Simon Peter that upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. If you want to be a part of a body where the devil has no authority, the devil has no power, the devil has no uh, wisdom, the devil has no... You can join a church that's built on the rock of Jesus. You can join a church that has the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ himself, the chief cornerstone. The prophets are those in the Old Testament, yes. But more importantly, this word in the Greek, the word prophets has to do more with the foretelling or the explaining of the scripture. So the foundation of the apostles that wrote the word and the foundation of the prophets that explained the word. And from book to book, you can see the explanation of these sermons. Listen, if it's not found in this thing, it's not a foundation. I'll say that again. If you can't find it in Scripture, and don't tell me that you can't understand it because the Bible says that he wrote it so that we could understand it by faith. Will you have questions? Absolutely. But here's what the Bible says. Come, let us reason together. Let's sit in the Word of God. Listen, we have all kinds of ministries that are breaking the bread of, the, of God. Can I tell you one of the reasons why we don't do the communion like we did tonight more often? It's because every Sunday we're breaking bread and we're in his presence. Our Sunday school teachers from the youngest to the oldest are breaking bread. We come together, we begin to worship, we start feeling the presence of God. We're, we're wel welcoming and we're, and, and we're just dwelling in the presence of the Spirit of God. We're communing together. So over the next seven to eight weeks, we're going to do some re-examination. Make sure that our foundation is solid. Make sure that it's found in the Bible. Can I just tell you there's a lot of churches and denominations out there that part of their foundation is man-made. It's mixed in with the concrete of the word. And the Bible says you don't mix the word in the, in, in the straw or the concrete in the straw. You, it's got to be the foundation of the word. If it's, I, I've told you this, if you've been around here very long, if it's in the Bible, I'm going to preach it. If it's not in the Bible, I'm not going to preach it. If it's in the Bible, it's the word of God inspired of the Lord, breathed of God on people as they began to write. I believe the manuscript of the, of the word of God is God-ordained, God-breathed, God-inspired. 
word of God. And when we read it, it brings life into us. We are going to be revealing the powerful strength in the foundation so that as he continues to fitly frame us together, we will grow in unison. You see, Jesus said you have one way of building or two ways of building. You can build on the rock or you can build on the sand. Which one has a better foundation? The better foundation is on the rock. The better foundation, if you build on sand, you build on man's uh, ingenuities and man's talents and man's charisma, there's a good chance when the storm of life hits you, you're not going to be able to withstand the winds and the waves. But if you have found your feet on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself, your chief cornerstone, it doesn't matter what wind blows, it doesn't matter what wave hits, you'll be able to put your feet on the ground and say, come on, I'm with him. He walks on water, he walks on the waves, he speaks to the turmoil, he brings peace when there is no peace. See, here's the thing. Some of this I've shared with you before, but we have so many new people. I'm not into growing a crowd. I'm really not. A crowd can look good. Yeah, would it look good if you drove by and we had cars all up and down Woodcrest and we had people hanging from the rafters? Yeah, it might look good, but it doesn't mean you're healthy. The only way that a church can be healthy is to have the foundation first so that when God comes along and says, okay, their foundation is strong, now let's start adding stories. And can I tell you that there are some opportunities for people to come in and be the artwork of the church. They're not built on the, they're not built from the foundation, but they're built on the foundation. But you want to know what? You don't realize it because you don't see it. But you don't know what the foundation of this physical building is all about. Do you know how many feet down the pylons go in this building? And this is slab. This doesn't even have a basement. I want to say it's like nine feet or something. That's pretty tall. That's even a little tall. That's how far down the beams go in the dirt of this building. And you want to know what's under one of those beams? Granny Helen's Bible. And a prayer shawl. Listen, for those of you that have come to this church in the last year, it's not an accident. We've been praying for you. Maybe we didn't know your name. Maybe we didn't recognize your face, but this church is built on prayer and upon the word. Literally and spiritually. We don't understand it because we don't see it. You don't even realize when you walk in here, you're on concrete. I mean, if you really step back and thought about it, you, you'd recognize it. But you see the nice carpet. And you see the, the beams that are here. And you, but you don't see the structures in the walls. You don't see the huge beams that are holding the place up. 
that sometimes we've got people that are more worried about being the fancy lights than being the beams that hold it up. Can I just tell you, if we get a hold of the foundation, I want to be a pillar. I want to stand strong so that person that's hungry and that's thirsty will be able to walk into a building that's not crumbling, that's not leaking, that doesn't have a, a warped sense, it's a, but it's strong. It is growing into the temple of the Lord, a habitation for the presence of God. Listen, we can give all kinds of things away, and we can do all kinds of things, but it has to be our prayer that when somebody walks through the doors of this sanctuary, that the only thing that they really sense is the presence of God. Because that's what we are designed to be, is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Let me... I don't want to sound rude and crude, and I've used this before, but I need to use it again because it's what the Lord gave me. But in the next eight weeks or so, at the beginning of 2023, even beginning tonight, what I believe that God is going to do is he is getting ready to impregnate us with expectation. He is getting ready to let the seed that's been planted begin to come alive. What do we say about a woman who's getting ready to have a baby? We say, when are you expecting? There is an expectation that is getting planted in us that for the next several weeks, we're going to be walking around here. When are you expecting? When are you going to deliver? When is your due date? Because God is getting ready to put some things in us that we aren't going to be able to hold ourselves and we're going to walk a little bit different. And our appetites are going to be a little bit different. And we're going to look a lot different. Because there's coming a day when the expectation, which is the birthing place of the miraculous, is going to deliver a church into the miraculous power of Almighty God. Blind eyes will open. Deaf ears will open. Lame people will walk again. The dead shall rise again. And if we touch any ungodly thing, it shall not hurt us. Are you expecting? Are you expecting? You know, we're wise not to do this. Especially as men. We're wise not to walk up to a lady and assume they're pregnant. Bad move. But can I tell you, when you see a woman, your mind thinks they're expecting something. When are you expecting? Here, here's what I want to see happen. I want to have testimonies in a couple of weeks where you walked into work and that which was in you was so pronounced that people around you looked at you and asked you, what's different about you? When are you expecting? When's your due date? Now, I'm not telling you to go gain 100 pounds. What I'm telling you is to let the power of the Spirit begin to well up in you and let the anointing of the Holy Ghost begin to get down on the inside of you so that when you walk around, you can't help
Can I tell you the greatest compliment and testimony that my wife and I were given in 2022 came from something that Chelsea shared with us during the Christmas concert. After the concert, I guess, a friend of hers was talking to her and asked her, you know that guy that was running the little machine out there? He said, oh yeah, that's our, our pastor. Did he have the lady that was leading the songs have something going on? <laughs> and Chelsea, Chelsea said, I think so. <laughs> They did not see us together. They did not realize that we were husband and wife. I don't say this boastfully, but something that was happening in that service caused that person to recognize that there was something going on with me and her. And it's a good thing because there's something going on with me and her. trying to say. Here's what I'm trying to say. People recognize things. We never talked to them. We weren't even together during the concert. I started out there and I came here and she was up here and we were never really even together and afterwards we were talking to everybody but something about our relationship triggered something in that person. Can I tell you my prayer for 2023 is that I'll walk into some places and people will say, does he and he have something going on? Does he and Jesus have a relationship? Is there something different about him? Is there something different about the way he talks, about the way he walks, about the way he carries himself? I need to have a little bit of that. I've been looking for something to give me peace in the midst of my storm. I need something to turn my life around. I'm ready to give up on it all, but there's something about that person that I saw. I don't even know what it is. Yeah, I'm the bride of Christ. I have something going on with my master. I know that sounds crude, but please understand that it's not my words. It's, it's the words of the Lord. They use more Hebrew and Greek. The Bible says this, this is life eternal, that they might know thee. That word know is an intimate term of relationship. I'm talking about a spiritual dimension that you have the opportunity to step into in relationship with him. And God is calling us together as a church to become a temple where the presence of God dwells. Now listen, what that tells me or what that means is that you and I, whether we're here in the house on a Sunday or we're walking on a Wednesday morning during prayer, that the presence of God is already here because this is his dwelling place. It can happen. It's got to happen. There's too many people that are looking for hope. And we have the answer. I, I want to close with this. There's a key that you and I have to get down deep inside of us tonight and walk it out in order for us to receive the word of the foundation. 
And in order for him to be able to add the pieces of the house fitly framed together, there is a statement that I need to declare that you and I have got to grab a hold of. When I heard it this week, it knocked me out of my chair almost. I couldn't find a piece of paper fast enough to write it down. I, and it's simply this. The way that all of this is going to work is if you and I become oblivious to the obvious. We've got to become oblivious to the obvious. Listen, it's obvious that you have bills. It's obvious that sinks leak or back up. It's obvious that cars break down. It's obvious that you get flat tires. It's obvious that friends turn your back on you. It's obvious that addiction can destroy you. It's obvious that all these things can happen. It's obvious that circumstances can cause you trouble. But you need to become oblivious to the obvious. You need to get your head in the clouds. You need to get your eyes into the throne room. You need to walk as if it were perfect all the time with a smile on your face. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God. Become oblivious. Yeah, the politics of our nation are crazy. Yeah, the schools are nuts. Yeah, things are going. The economy doesn't know which way to go. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this and pay for that. I don't know where my kids are going to be. I don't know what's going Those are obvious stresses, obvious worries. Become oblivious to them. Step into the land. Obtain no thought for tomorrow. What you shall eat or what you shall drink. For if he clothes the sparrow and if he takes care of the lilies, he's going to take care of you. Oblivious to the obvious. I've never done that before. I've had seasons where maybe I have, but I've got to become oblivious to it. It doesn't matter how bad it gets. My eyes are on him. The author and the finisher of my, I said the author and the finisher, the one that's going to cross the line, the one that's going to take me across the, the finish line is Jesus. Why should I look at anything else but him? Some of us get so bogged down with everyday life because it's obvious. We see it. We handle it. We taste it. We smell it. We're, we're part of it. We can't get away from it. We, we, we walk out to the, the, the driveway and there's two feet of snow on the ground and, and we walk into the house and, and things just aren't walking. To working right, and, and this isn't working, and we get so tied up and tangled up. We've got to become oblivious and say, Listen, if it snows eight inches, he's still in control. If my car breaks down, thank you, Jesus, I get some exercise. If the sink leaks or backs up in our case, yeah. I got to have a conversation with an independent fundamental Baptist for 40 minutes sitting at my kitchen table. Invited him to church. You know what? I was oblivious to the obvious in that moment. The problem was I wasn't out of the obvious until he got there. I wasn't rejoicing that Tim's plumbing was on the way to the house. 
what I was really thinking is, got any TNT to stick down the hole? We'll take care of the whole thing. Randy will find me a new house. He's been trying to get us to sell for years. Spirit of grace, friends, family, you have a divine opportunity in 2023 to step into the supernatural. Can I tell you, your healing, your deliverance, your salvation is not predicated upon something that I do. It's just between you and Jesus. Oh, I'll be here to support you, pray for you, give you some guidance if I can, uh, lead you and, and do whatever I can, but you don't have to wait on me. Just grab his hand. In fact, he's been walking through this room all evening long, just waiting for a heart to say, here I am, Lord, I want you. You're going to hear some things in the next eight weeks or so. I say eight weeks because there's no telling how God directs it. Or if I finish one week and have to finish the second week. But here's what I am so hungry and thirsty for. There are too many churches in the world today that have church. I want to have Jesus. I want him. I want to walk into this place. And I don't want to have to wait for the praise team to sing just the right song in just the right key and have some maniac hit the drum just at the right time in order for me to get goosebumps and to say hallelujah. I don't want to wait for one of you to hug my neck and say I love you. I want to feel it when I walk through the doors. Ah. Uh, I want Jesus because only he can satisfy my soul. Only he can change me and make me whole. I, I can do all of the things that people tell me to do and I can maybe make a little bit of a difference for a little bit of a time, but when I get a hold of Jesus, now listen, you're looking at a man a young man at that. You're looking at a young man, 52 years old, that has known Jesus for the better part of my life. I was baptized in his name on June 16, 1980. I was baptized with the Holy Ghost one week prior to that. I, I was found in, in Bible quizzing for several years. I've memorized the most of the New Testament at one time or another and several books of the Old Testament. But can I tell you after all of that, there is a greater hunger and a thirst for the things of God because the presence of God goes beyond written words. It goes beyond catechisms. It goes beyond structure. It becomes, goes beyond church culture. It goes to the fabric of who we are. I want to be so united with Jesus.
that there is no separation between me and him. So that when you see me, you see Jesus. That when you hear me, you hear Jesus. That can only happen if I totally embrace him. I've been in all kinds of churches. I've ministered. I've been to all kinds of conventions. I've had church growth consultants sit down and tell me, you've got to go 17 minutes with worship, and then you've got to be done, and then you've got three minutes to pray for the needs, and then you've got six minutes for announcements, and then you've got 29 and a half minutes for a message, and then your altar call should only happen for about three minutes. Because that's the way a church supposedly grows. Listen, I long for the days where you and I get so lost in the presence of God that the clock just stops. I was raised in a church where from time to time you have to understand there's some people in this church that went to that church, but we started our Sunday evening services at 8 p.m. And pastor didn't have kids in school. So he didn't care when he was done. And then the Holy Ghost will start moving. I remember as a child, these little kids, I pray that you don't get upset or offended by them. Because they're picking up on more than some of you are. I remember driving home with the two kids as just as children pulling my hair out because Kimmy let Declan play with a farmhouse that made the oink sound or the moo sound. And that was when we were in that little church. Until he started quoting back what I preached. He didn't even understand what I was preaching, but he was absorbing it. That's what we want. Let me just absorb you, Jesus. I am so hungry and thirsty. I have read more of this word in the last two months. I have read the entire New Testament. I have read Proverbs every day. And you want to know what all the, all the word of God does for me? It makes me thirsty. Because the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. You got to have this, but this creates the thirst. I got to have you, Jesus. I've got to have you. 2022 is over. 2023 is on hand. And if you're a partaker of this church, you might as well pull up your boots, put on your cape, and just get ready to fly. Because Jesus has given us clarity. And I am going to be preaching. And our teachers are going to be teaching, not lessons that I have spoken, but I started sharing this with Trish. And tears began to well up in her because she began to say, well, this is what I've been leaning to, to teach on. And it goes hand in hand with what I'm doing. And then in our house, because Owen's in our house, we began to talk. And, 
and what he was getting ready to teach our teenagers goes hand in hand with what we're going to do. So I know that God's orchestrating all of this. We're going to step into a dimension like we've never seen before, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, and the house is going to be built, and the temple is going to grow, and we're going to grow unto the Lord because we are to be a habitation of his spirit. Get ready when you bring a family member in. Even if it's a wedding, we've got a bazillion of those next year. Even if it's a Chain Breakers conference, which is happening in July. Even if it happens when I get super up here, working on that. Even when we're gathering together on a Come As You Are Friday night. Ladies, just get ready to have an all-out Holy Ghost fit. Men's breakfast, prayer times, it doesn't matter. You come to clean. You cleaners get ready to get the Holy Ghost all over you when you're vacuuming in the sanctuary. The presence of God's going to be so strong that when you come to clean and come to set up and come to break down, the presence of God is going to be so strong. Why? Because we are building up a house fitly framed together in the eyes of God so that he can dwell here. So I close with this question. Are you ready? This isn't a church politic thing. This isn't a rah-rah message. I hope you're inspired, but I didn't preach it to, to rev you up. I didn't preach it to make you feel good. I preached it to challenge you because it's going to have some times where you're going to have, I've watched HGTV. I see how dirty and nasty it can be when they break out. Oh, just last week I saw one, he took a, a siding off and a steak was staring right in the face. We're going to uncover some things in our spirit that we may not be comfortable with, but we've got to uncover it, expose it, get rid of it, and rebuild. That's a whole message in itself. Lord, help me to be oblivious to the obvious and help me to walk in the clouds of the Spirit. Help me to recognize that you're wanting to embrace us, saturate us, and consume us with your glory. I come against the voice of the enemy right now that is whispering into somebody's spirit that this just isn't for them, that, that, that you've come as far as you can, you've messed up too many times. I, Lord, I pray that you would just whisper a little bit louder that you are your, his creation, that you that they are your children, that they are the apple of your eye, that you died on a cross because you love them. Lord, God, I'm coming against the voice of the enemy that would try to hinder and distract, that would try to trip up. I silence him by the authority of the word of God, and I lose the clarity of the Holy Ghost. Lord Jesus, into every soul, into every heart, let the glory of the Lord be made manifest. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can we all stand? We're going to sing one more chorus together before we dismiss to all the food and the fun. Here's what I want you to do while they begin to 